Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. That what we believe seems so absurd. We believe that you came from heaven to earth, 100% God, 100% man, never once sinned, but was our substitute, our sacrifice. We believed you died for us. And we believe that a tomb could not hold you. We believe you got up from death, and I thought about it this morning. It was easy for you. You folded up a piece of your clothing. We believe you sit at the right hand of the Father now, praying for us. I, for one, say thank you. I say thank you. All I want today is for you to be glorified. This is a special day, but, but for Keith Norman, you're good every day. So may I not give a show today for people who We'll come back maybe this time next year. I, I'm not here to give a show. We're here to glorify you. I do ask that I would decrease and you would increase. Holy Spirit, would you please do what I cannot do? In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You can turn to Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, for those of you who don't know much about the factory, don't know much about me, I would say to you, you know, if you want me to hurry up, you amen, I'll be done quicker, <laughs> you amen, I'll, I'll hurry up, if you don't, I, I feel like Maybe you don't understand what I'm saying, and I'll stay there longer. So as long as you want me here, I'll be here. Anybody ever watch Sesame Street? That's before we had video games and, uh, you know, Internet and all of that stuff. Sesame Street, you do realize that Big Bird and and Ernie, and uh, uh, Bert, and Cookie Monster, Miss Piggy, Kermit the Frog, they were Muppets. They were Muppets. They were not real. Miss Piggy was cute, but not real. Yet, there was a man on the show, uh, they called him Mr. Hooper. Mr. Hooper, that's Mr. Hooper there. He was, he was one of the early human characters on the show. He was on the show for 13 years, and then he died suddenly of a heart attack. Now, that put the executives in a dilemma. How are we going to explain death to the 10 million young people that watch our show. We're a public station, so we don't want to be too spiritual. We kind of want to be like some of the churches today. <laughs> we want to slide it in there. <laughs> we don't want to be too religious, and so... What they could have done was concocted a story, something like this, where Mr. Hooper uh, retired and moved away to Florida, uh, maybe moved to Woodstock. 
what they decided to do instead was tell the truth. That he died. That he died. That he died. That he died. <laughs> Matter of fact, I kind of have a script of how the show went. On the day of the show, Big Bird, Mr. OG himself, walked out and said that he had a drawing to give Mr. Hooper. And Big Bird said these words, I can't wait to see Mr. Hooper again. A cast member said, remember Big Bird, we told you Mr. Hooper died. Big Bird said, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot, I forgot. Well, I'll give it to him when he gets back. Somebody in the back with me already. You can sit up, you can come on up front. <laughs> the cast member hugged Big Bird and said, Big Bird, Mr. Hooper isn't coming back. Why not, Big Bird asked, innocently. He apparently had a bird brain. <laughs> Another cast member said, Big Bird, when people die, they don't come back. I can tell that this is going to actually be a crowd today <laughs> rather than a church. It's going to be tough. Let me say that again. Cast member hugged Big Bird and said, when people die, they don't come back. Ladies and gentlemen, I just presented to you the gospel of Sesame Street. <laughs> where when people die, they don't come back. That's not good news at all. <laughs> the good news of Easter is that because Jesus got up, <laughs> He, he came back, not from a cold, not from the flu, not from COVID. He came back from death. The good news is we can too. We, we, we can too. If he got up from a tomb, if he rose from the dead, according to what Paul wrote in the text, we're raised too. Matter of fact, I don't want you to talk to your neighbor today. I want you to talk to yourself and say, here's the sermon title, I'm all the way up. I'm all the way up. Uh, up. Y'all act like y'all don't know. I'm all the way up. 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 Y'all don't know when to shout. I'll be here until you shout. I'm all the way up. I'm not what I used to be. I, I, I'm not what I used to be. I used to be dead thinking I was alive. And that somebody, somebody is in the room today, Joseph. They think they're alive and they're dead. And I'm so happy y'all are here. What I felt in my spirit early this morning, Keith, don't give people a show today. So today, I'm going to be as calm as I can be. If you see me get excited, just do that to me. Because what you need is the Word. Y'all don't know how hard my job is, boy. I can see a couple people in here, they don't want to be in here. <laughs> Mama made them come. Wife made them come. Wife nagged. Uh, you here now, though. You might as well loosen up. I'm all the way up. I'm talking about me. I, I'm, I'm not dead anymore. I'm all the way up. When I was in the world, I was crunk, and now I'm more crunk. I'm, I'm all the way up. I'm all the way up, way up. Number one, write this down. Here are some things that I have upped. Number one, I've upped my thinking. I, I, I've upped my thinking. That's verses one through Four. Uh, anybody up there thinking? Anybody don't think like you used to think? 
verses 1 through 4 says, uh, So if you've been raised with Christ, we weren't just raised, we've been raised with Christ. That, that's the difference. There's union with Christ in his death and in his resurrection. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. He says, set your what? Set your minds on social media. Is that what your Bible says? Set your mind on tick and on talk. Is that what your Bible says? Set your mind on Instagram. Set your mind on CNN. Set your mind on Fox News. Is that what your Bible says? Set your mind on Republican Party. Set your mind on the Democrat. Is that what your Bible says? Why are y'all doing it then? Amen, Keith. You're preaching, buddy. Awesome. Set your minds on things that are above. Paul trying to teach us how to be free. Paul said, you ain't, you ain't got to smoke that. Set your mind on things above. You don't need a 40. Do they still make 40s? Okay, y'all don't know what a 40 is. You had two yesterday, but now you, now you don't know. I smelt it out there. I don't know where I am. Set your mind on things that are above. Paul, I'm, I'm trying to move on, but he's trying to teach us how to be free. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. You remember that last thing that stressed you, that earthly thing? You remember? You didn't think you were going to make it. Guess what? You made it. What you should learn by now, what you should learn, stop worrying. Stop setting your mind on it when you got that red piece of paper in the mail. Y'all don't know what the red piece of paper even is. When it's that final warning that, look, y'all better stop playing with me. Y'all better pay this light bill. Y'all ain't never got that. Y'all ain't never got it. But guess what? I've gotten them, but I'm here today. So why in the world would I stoop my mind down to worry about all of this hell? Not on things that are on the earth, for you have what? Died, and your life is hidden with Christ. In other words, Paul is saying this. True Christians are all the way up in our thinking because of our union with Christ in his resurrection. So guess what that allows? It allows us to have elevated mindsets. We shouldn't have mindsets that look like what our minds used to look like. Why? We have the mind of Christ. Let me say it this way. We ain't like some dogs in heat that can't control ourselves. I know I'm not going to get a lot of amens today. You can think your way through. You don't even have to call me. You don't have to get me to put my hands on you. Think. Think, 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 think. So, so you can have this mindset. My mind doesn't have to wander off. Like, some of you come back now. You ain't heard nothing I said in two minutes. You, your mind doesn't have to wander off. Your mind doesn't have to meander. You can think. Paul says, seek the higher stuff. Seek, seek. Stop looking down. Stop looking down. Seek what's higher. What is it that draws you? What is it that compels you? You need to walk around with your head up with a different way of thinking. You need to literally seek it. And then I like that he says this. He says, set your mind. Set your mind. Set your mind. Set your mind. Stop setting your mind on Fox News. Stop setting your mind on CNN. Stop setting your mind on BET. He says, set your mind on, on higher things, on things above. Do you know? He says, set your mind where Christ is, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So write this down. Don't just get your mind out of the gutter. Get it on God. Amen. 
Before I moved here 20 years ago, I worked at a university. It happened to be my alma mater. I was the ethnic diversity director there. Fancy title. I didn't get paid a lot. <laughs> and I met with students a lot, loved my job. One day, the nose guard on the football team scheduled a meeting with me through my assistant. I couldn't wait to meet with him. I'm going to try not to say his name. He's a ripped dude, looked like a defensive end, but he played nose guard, muscles everywhere, supposedly had gang ties, supposedly, from the south su suburbs of Chicago. Couldn't wait to meet with him. I'm sitting behind my desk. He comes in, and we meet for an hour. And he's just talking to me, big dude. And he mentioned, I won't mention names, he says, such and such and such, I don't think they like me. <laughs> he says, such and such and such and such in class, they act like they mad at me. Such and such and such, they don't hardly talk to me. He did this for 50 minutes. When he finished, don't judge me, I said, yo, I almost said his name. <laughs> I said, yo, man, don't ever come in here and waste another one of my hours again. You just wasted my hour, bruh. I said, man, you acting like Opie Taylor on Andy Griffith after school, wanting to go out in the yard scared because at 3 o'clock somebody going to whoop your butt. I said, stop acting like an elementary kid. Uh, you in college. Stop thinking like elementary school people. You ain't here for people to like you. You ain't here for people to talk to you. Your mama ain't paying all of this tuition for you to be popular. Hit your books and don't ever come Come back in my office ever again unless your mind wants to be a college mind. You're in college, and I'm here to say to some of y'all, why are we thinking like kids? Why are you letting somebody else, because they're mad, you letting them make you mad? Why are you letting somebody else's post tick you off? Who could care less? Why are you ticking and talking when you should be in the Word? Stop thinking down here. Man, I... I went on social media last week, hadn't been on. I posted a picture of me and you, Miko. Oh, it got like 4,000 likes. That didn't happen. But it was clear somebody who sent me emails before was passively, aggressively talking about me. But here's what else is clear. <laughs> It's not translucent. It's not opaque. It looked like somebody had Windex. I don't care, not because I'm big and bad, but I'm thinking about heaven. I'm thinking about glory. I'm thinking about Christ seated at the right hand of the Father. I'm thinking about walking streets of gold. I'm thinking about walls of jasper. I don't get wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in people because they going to let you down. It would be nice if you learn to not care, not because you're mean, but because you care about something else. So what's the motivation for not caring, for elevating your thinking? It's verse 4. Verse 4, Paul says, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed. <laughs> Y'all, they don't know when to shout. I heard somebody grunt. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. That's our motivation. Let me tell you, let me break it down in English. Our motivation is like when I grew up in Elberton, we say stuff like this, one day. That's our motivation. One day when this life is over, I'll fly away. 
to a land on God's celestial shore. One day we're going to see Jesus and all this hell is not going to matter. One day Christ, check this out, is going to be revealed. We're going to see him as he is. You ain't going to be cool then. You ain't going to worry about what somebody posted then. And one day not only will he be revealed, you're going to be revealed too. You're going to have a brand new body, glorified body. So why would you spend your time tripping now? Let me give you a homework assignment. Answer this question. Talk to yourself. Do I utilize my mind to seek the right things? Boy, when I was in the world, I could use my mind to concoct some things. Using it. I know people in Chicago, they use their mind to run a Good, good, good drug-selling business. I know what I know. They, I, I might say too much, but they grow the dope under the house, and it's done well. What are you using your mind to do for the kingdom? Have you set your mind on higher things? Is your mind all the way up? Happy Easter. You thought you was going to get what you get every year, and the stone was rolled away, and he got up. Nah. That hadn't worked for you for 20 years because you, <laughs> you still only come once a year. And, and I'm going to be honest, God too good to you for that. I wished I would make somebody, create them, knit them together in their mother's womb, and they give me one day a year. Let me move on, because I want you guys to come back. <laughs> now, nah, I want you to go to heaven. Amen. I've upped my thinking. You know me, Miko. I don't think the way I used to think. I ain't a liar anymore. I used to be slick. I do. Anybody don't think the way they used to think? Doesn't it feel good? See, here's the problem with concocting lies. What happens is when you tell one, no, you won't tell another one. You tell a bunch of other ones. Number one, I've upped my thinking. Number two, I've upped my treatment. About my treatment, number one, of my own temple. Amen. Number two, of my tribe, of my tribe. I, I, I don't treat my body the way I used to. I don't even eat foods that I used to eat three years ago. I don't eat meat. In the Bible Belt, that doesn't go over well. <laughs> I don't eat bacon. That was a time bacon had me bound. <laughs> Sausage had me out of the spirit, but not chicken. I don't eat fried chicken. I'm not saying you got to do what I do. But man, treat your temple as if it belongs to God. I'm not talking about eating now. Let's just look at his list. This list is not going to be popular. H how does a Christian treat something that is earthly? Let me answer the question. You kill it. You kill it. <laughs> I, I probably, if I was writing the Bible, I would have said something else. But he said you put it to death. He, he didn't say you pack it away on Sundays, and you bring it back around Friday when you get your check. <laughs> That's how my sin used to go. My sin was uh, tied to my paycheck. I'm just trying to relate to y'all. No, no, he said put the stuff to death. Thank you. Thank you. Put it to death. Look at verse 5. You're not going to like what he's saying. He said put to death Therefore, whatever in you is earthly. Listen to the, the first piece of the list. 
He said, fornification. Fornication. Fornication. Y'all know what that is? <laughs> he said, don't get your freak on. If ain't your spouse. Boy, it's quiet. Uh, I wish I had a different Easter sermon next year. Again, he got up. But he don't want you to have sex with somebody if they ain't your husband or wife. I don't care if they smell good. I don't care if they're hitting you in your DMs and your wife don't even pay you any attention. I don't care if he look as good as me. I don't care if they sweet talk you. Uh, Sherelle had a song, Everything I Missed at Home with Alexander. I don't care if they're giving you everything you missed at home. Look, it's your temple. It belongs to God. Who you sex, you bring him with you. And typically, I'm trying to move on. <laughs> typically, when you rendezvous, you do just that. You get your sneak on. When you get your freak on, you tend to get your sneak on. When you're not doing it this way. Here's the problem. You ain't sneaking away from him. I'll be, I'm moving on. Thank you, guys. Love you. Love you. But, but here's, I'm, let, let me be honest. I didn't follow this list. Can I be honest? And here's the problem. Man, you reap what you sow. You think you got divorced because he didn't let the seat down. Or she kept nagging. No, you brought that stuff into your marriage. Please come back. Because, man, don't you want to be free? His way is the right way. I can't tear this section of Colossians out. He says, put that stuff to death. The problem is the entire list that he gives, it seems antiquated in our culture today. This list... Church people would laugh at you. It's church people in here right now. Y'all ain't going to do this. And you think I'm judging you. And I'm trying to preach the text. I didn't want to come with a cute Easter sermon. I got to answer to God. And I can't wait. I can't wait to sin. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and the American way, greed, which is idolatry. Put, kill it. Kill it. Don't pack it away and save it for, for Friday or the weekend. Kill it. Y'all know what kill means? Then in verse 8, he, he says, but now you must get rid of all such things. Get rid of it. Anger. There's some angry people in this room. I see your faces. <laughs> Wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language. There's some folks in here, you know how to cuss a person out, but you don't know how to hallelujah. Or you hallelujah and cuss them out and it don't bother you. He said abusive language from your mouth. Hey, hey, three people in the room, kill your mouth. Kill your mouth. I'm telling you, you about to lose your husband because of your mouth. Seriously, you about to lose him. I know he watches too much ESPN, but kill your mouth. You about to lose another job because you finna tell a second boss off. You told your last boss off. Guess what? He got a job. Most of the whippings that I got growing up, one problem. 
I'm looking at my son today who I love dearly. Man, I failed you before because of my mouth. Sometimes I needed to shut up and let God handle you. Hey, I don't use foul language, but there have been times I've used foul language on him. It's wrong. I can never justify talking to people that I supposedly love in a way that God tells me not to. Don't let preaching on Sunday fool you. I have a mouth too. But God says to me, Keith, kill it. Handle your temple. Number two, up your treatment of your tribe. Y'all know who your tribe is? I got my tribe right there. How do you treat your tribe? Look at what Paul says in in verse 9. He said, don't lie to one another. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? The people we love, your tribe, that's who you lie to. Man, it's some husbands in here today. You know how to lie to your wife. I know, I know, I know I ain't supposed to preach this again on Easter, but stop lying to the person that's your tribe. Stop lying to your husband. You know in the trunk of the car you got three dresses. You know you do. Oh, I see that hand. Stop. Boy, I hit a nerve right there. Stop lying to your kids. You bought them Christmas gifts. How do I know? Because your credit card bill. You bought them a cell phone they don't need. That thing didn't come from any pole, north, south, east, or west. No elf made it. Tell your kids that the reason for Christmas was a baby born in a manger. Santa or Jesus? <laughs> I'm asking, yeah, Santa or Jesus? Your job or Jesus? He says, do not lie to one another, seeing that you've stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of his creator. We're talking about your tribe. In in that renewal, there is no longer, listen to this church people, that's divided racially. There is no longer Greek and Jew. Here's what you're going to see in his list. He's giving you things that are diametrically opposed on purpose. There's no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. There's no longer black and white. There's no longer Republican and Democrat. There's no longer Northerner and Southerner. There's no longer American and Saudi Arabian. He says Christ is all. Christ is all. See, the reason I can treat my tribe a certain way whose skin doesn't look like mine, the reason I can treat white people like you, Mike, a certain way, first of all, your neck thick. (laughs) That's number one. (laughs) Look at his neck. (laughs) But the reason I can treat you a certain way is because Christ is all to me. Christ consumes me. Christ enthralls me. Christ controls me. So I couldn't hate you if I want to because I keep reading his book and it keeps filling me and it keeps telling me to not worry about the color of your skin, not worry about how you vote, not worry about the music that you listen to. When Christ is all, you ain't going to be racist. 
when Christ is all, you ain't going to treat gay people a certain way, even if you don't agree with their lifestyle. When Christ is all. And then Christ, he says, is in all. It's in all and in all. So that means you might listen to bluegrass. I don't. I listen to hip hop. But if Christ is in you, we cool. You might vote a certain way that I don't vote, but I can see Christ in you. I can see the Imago Dei in you, the image of God. So guess what? He wasn't making a mistake when he knit a Jewish person together or a Greek person together or a black person together or a white person together, which all of that stuff comes from man anyway. But he had apparently a color palette of thread. Uh, he, he, he had some pecan tans, and that's where he, he, that's the swath he got me from. He had some peachy creams, that's the swath he got you from. He, and, and he did not make a mistake. You got to change the way you treat your tribe, man. Let's stop loving our color more than we love what he says. All right, that's a... We buy into that crap. It's crap. You, I, I said at the first service, even Christian radio is bought into it. You listen to Christian radio, you got your white Christian radio station and your black Christian radio station. Buying into it, man. Don't, don't we all need Jesus? Well, what's some of the motivation? Can I tell you, uh, motivation is all over the text. My mom's been dead two years. I'm still scared of her. <laughs> had the gift of whipping. She could whip, man. My mama had a gift. <laughs> and, and my mama knew how to motivate me. My mama wasn't like parents today. She showed up to the PTA meeting yeah. Yeah. early. I'm not talking for the meeting on stage. She went to the class. She went to all of our teachers' class, and she motivated me and Kenny and Stacy because she would say to my teachers, look, if Keith acts up in your class, I want you to whoop him. That's when teachers could be free and break a fifth grader off. Now, now, now you turn on YouTube, they whooping the teachers. I ain't even think about whipping a teacher. Because my mama said, if he misbehaves, I want you to whip him. Then I want you to call me. That's when you had the phones where you had to go and exercise to use it. But, but my mama said, uh, and then I'm going to whip him when he gets home. And she said, and then I'm going to tell Willie, that's my daddy. She said, when Willie get home, that's three whippings. <laughs> my mama motivated me. I was all up on the honor roll. My mama motivated me to college. My mama, she motivated. We need some motivation to do what Paul is talking about. Can I give you some? Uh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. It's verse 6. You ain't going to like it. I'm just trying to read it. He says, on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Hold on, Keith. We're in the New Testament because that's what we teach today. The wrath is only Old Testament God. He's angry in the Old Testament. The same God in the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. So he can do what he wants to do. He's still a God of wrath. I believe in grace. I preach grace. I know that I do. But I got to tell you about God's wrath. Don't make him two gods, an Old Testament and a New Testament God. If God chooses to exercise his wrath, you better believe him. Here's the thing, he says, he says, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. It's not just wrath, it's the wrath of God. I've had bill collectors come against me. I've had people in school that were bigger and stronger than me on the playground come against me. I've had people at the factory come against me. I've had people confront me right at the edge of the stage. And here's the thing, none of that bothered me, but God? God bowing up against me? 
God putting up his dukes against me. God's anger, God's rage, God's, God's wrath. I, I would rather put my own self to death, like Paul said, than to deal with a God that's angry at me. Ah, I'm moving on. Your enthusiasm is overwhelming. <laughs> I had a pastor friend, I think he's still pastors, I haven't talked to him in years. Lived in Stone Mountain. And he said he had a close relative who was hooked on drugs. We can all relate to that. Hooked on drugs. And whenever he tried to help the relative, the relative wouldn't take the help, like the drugs too much. Addicted. One day the relative acquiesced said, I'll take your help. I'll go to the treatment place. My pastor friend was going to pay for it, went to pick up the relative. The relative got in the car with them. They stopped by my pastor friend's house to do something first. The relative stayed in the car. When the pastor came back, he could see his relative running. He was running away, running away, <laughs> running away. It hurt my pastor friend. He told me this 20-something years ago. I still remember the hurt he felt. He didn't know something that Paul knew. Paul knew, write this down, it's difficult to treat your tribe well when you don't even know how to treat your own temple well. It's somebody in the room saying, hey, I hear you. I want to love white people. The problem is I don't love me. I, I want to love black people. I, I, I want to love Mexicans. I want to love gay people. I, I, I don't love me. I want to stop harming people in my house. I want to stop with the abusive language. But when I look in the mirror at myself, I don't even think, well, me. Of me. So Paul says, handle your temple first. Then handle your tribe. Treat them God's way. Amen. Homework assignment. Ask and answer this question. Am I treating my temple and my tribe in a way that honors my God? Am I all the way up in my treatment of my temple and my tribe? Homework assignment. If you have a tribe at home, it's worth asking them, do I treat you well, it's worth me asking you that today when we get home. Do I treat you in a way that honors God? Let's talk about that. <laughs> For real. And I want the truth. Finally, my favorite point, I've upped my thinking, I've upped my treatment, oh, but I've upped my threads. I've up my th Anybody up their threads? You don't dress like you used to dress. Anybody? Three of y'all. I've up my threads. It's verses 12 through 17. Way back in the day, I mean way back in the day, when I was going to the projects in Elberton, uh, I was supposedly kind of, sort of, I wish you weren't even here, <laughs> dating a young lady. She was supposedly my girlfriend, high school days, and uh, she had a problem with something about me. She said, I don't like when you go to school, you dress up, but when you come to visit me after school, you dress down. You have on these ugly Hawaiian shorts. Remember when Hawaiian shorts in the 80s were the thing? You got on these baggy... Hawaiian shorts at school, you dress a certain way, and she just had a problem. She said, I feel like it's disrespect to me that you won't dress up when you come over here to see me. You don't have on no cologne, and she was just going on. And long story short, we didn't make it. <laughs> I took my Hawaiian shorts <laughs> elsewhere. You fast forward two years later, I moved to Chicago, and I saw that lady right there, 
right there, and I knew the Lord was leading me to Chicago. We went out the first night, 1987, we saw RoboCop. <laughs> Afterwards, every Friday night, we would walk in the park, hold hands. Uh, second movie that we saw was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I would see her on Wednesday nights at church. I would see her on Friday nights at church. I would see her all day Sunday at church. I love me some church. <laughs> Couldn't get enough of it. We, we dated. We dated. We're married. Here's what she's never had to tell me. Hey, man, up your threads. Up your clothes gang. Uh, get more G'd up. She's never had to tell me that. When we were dating in Chicago, I had a Calvin Klein jacket that I got from J.C. Poole's men's store in Elberton. Every time I saw her, I had on the Calvin Klein jacket. Every time I saw her back in the day, you would spray starch your jeans. Oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You would spray starch them, and you would get that iron as hot as you could get it, and you would press those jeans until those jeans were shiny, and you would put a crease right here, and, and, and so if she touched my leg, her hand would just slide off. And, and all I know is I dressed that way because I could not believe she chose my country behind. <laughs> she chose me. So I didn't dress for a relationship with her. I dressed from a relationship with her. <laughs> okay. It's what Paul is saying. It's what Paul is saying. Paul says, she chose me. Paul says, as God's chosen one. God chose you. God chose you. Holy and beloved, what does he say? Clothe yourselves with compassion. Act like you ain't dressing for success. You're dressing from success. You got a reason to dress up. And by the way, I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about no clothes. He says, he says I'm talking about uh, compassion. I'm talking about kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. These are life-changing, culture-changing articles of clothes. If we would just put these clothes on, as Christians, we would change our world. He says in verse 13, bear with one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, guess what you should do? Put on the clothing of forgiveness. But Keith, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know how they stabbed me in the back. I don't know. But I do know you've done some hellacious things too, and God forgave you. Paul says it. He said, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Love is that piece of clothing that ties everything together. It's that perfect purse for that lady or the perfect pair of shoes. It binds everything together with love in perfect harmony. In verse 15, he says, let the peace of Christ rule where? In. In your hearts. So he's talking about putting clothes on something inside. He says, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful, let the word of Christ dwell. Where? In you. He's talking about dressing your inside richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude. Where? In your hearts. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul is talking about not outward clothing. Clothe your inside. He understands that your internal attire has external implications. So if you want to stop having wardrobe malfunctions, change the way you dress on the inside. On this Easter Sunday, y'all look really good. You sharp every week. I tell you that, every week, if we were the same size. <laughs> Easter is that day, man, you're supposed to put on that pastel. Yeah. 
that pink, that light blue, them gator shoes. We dress sharp. But I'm here to tell you, don't be more concerned with having a nice look than you are with having a new life. Homework assignment, and I'm out of your way. Answer this question. Do I clothe myself from the inside out? I know you got some red-bottom shoes, but do you clothe yourself from the inside out? How is your heart? I know you got a Gucci belt with some Wrangler jeans. <laughs> <laughs> But how is your heart? How is your heart? Ain't nothing wrong with Wranglers. How is your heart? It seems to me that if a person were to get up from death, they should be dirty. Maybe even, maybe even smelly. But that's not what I read about the Christian. Paul is saying otherwise. Paul is saying because we were raised with Christ, we get up new. We have new thinking. <laughs> we have new treatment of our temple and our tribe. We got new threads. Let me say it this way. We have a brand new life. We got a new walk. We got a new talk. We don't have to cuss people out. We have a new attitude. You ever known anybody that's like, let's just say they bought a dress and uh, it had the price tag on it, and what they did was they put the price tag inside the dress deliberately knowing they were going to wear that dress one time and take it back. You know anybody like that? Is it you? Because <laughs> I know some people that have done that. They're church people. They put the tag inside saying, I'll wear this dress Saturday. I'll take it back Monday. That's some trifling <laughs> stuff. Then I thought about it. Christians, anybody in here truly saved? We need to keep the price tag. We need to keep the price tag. I joke and I play a lot, but I want to remember the price he paid for me. When he got up, he got up. That's paying a price. He paid. You need to keep it close. You need to look at the price tag and see how much you were worth to him. He, he paid it all. I'm talking, I don't owe, I don't owe nothing. <laughs> and every now and then, I told you this, I don't really get pumped like people about Easter. I, I'm grateful for his resurrection. I love him every day. <laughs> tomorrow I'm going to get up in the mornings and I'm going to sing something to him I'm going to lift my hands to him tomorrow I'm going to read something in his word tomorrow because I remember the price tag I keep it close to me and I see that a mob a mob showed up with him uh, to him with torches lanterns and weapons and they arrested him why? because he was willing to pay a price he could have called angels took care of that really quick. Uh, but he said, Keith is worth this. By the way, not just Keith, you. They marched him off, had an unjust trial. Don't I talk about it every week? They had an unjust trial. Rather than him be his own attorney, stand up and defend himself, he said, nah, I'm going to pay the price for sinful man. They spat on him. That's the part I don't like. They slapped him. They pulled his beard. 
put a crown of thorns on his head. It was a price he was willing to pay. They, they flogged him. They scourged him. They gave him a, a beat down. It was a price he was willing to pay. They hung him on a cross in between two guilty men, put nails in his hands. I'm going to say it again. It was a price he was willing to pay. He hung his head and he died. Price he was willing to pay. Three days later, he got up. That's why we're here today. I'm not here for no doggone Easter bunny. I'm not here for no doggone Easter eggs. I don't care if you have on pastel or not. Do you know him? Can't speak for anybody else, but I'm alive. I'm all the way up. Are you dead? Not to the world but to Jesus. You don't know Jesus. You don't know Jesus. I'm so glad y'all came, but do you know Jesus? I know some of y'all getting tight now because you know where I'm about to go. Yes, I'm about to go there. Here's the chance for you to know him. Here's a chance for you to shake off the world's deadness on you and to die with him, and to resurrect with him. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, he'll save you. That God raised him from the dead. Is anybody here today, you say, you know what? I do believe he died for my sins. I do believe he's God. I do believe he's Savior. Would you stand up? with The whole church, go ahead and let's just stand. If you want to give your life to the Lord now, would you come down? Would you let me pray with you? Would you let me pray with you? Anybody want to give their life to the Lord, would you let me pray with you? Would you come? your heads. The head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior nailed to wash our feet. Now at His feet we bow. The one who wore our sin and shame now rose in majesty. The radiance of perfect love now shines for all to see. Do you know the song? You can sing it. Your name, your name is victory. All praise, all rise to Christ our King. Your name, your name is victory. All praise will rise. Would you come? The tomb where soldiers watched 
in vain was borrowed for three days his body there would not remain our God has robbed the grave our God has robbed the Father, thank you for the resurrection. You're not dead. You're alive. My prayer is that your word would not return void. That someone maybe who's here today or online that, that do not know you, they would respond to your word. And they would die to the world, to themselves, and come alive in you. Would you help us to remember you as we leave this place? We love you and we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.